You are now listening to the Purpose Edits Podcast. You've got to be willing to be vulnerable. You have to have the ability to self-assess, and not everybody has the ability to self-assess. You don't necessarily have to like sweets to be successful in school. You just have to know how to play the game and finesse it and get through it. Welcome to the Perfect Status Podcast. This is a short yet powerful conversation designed to help you do three things that can ultimately change the trajectory of your life. One, discover your purpose. Two, walk in your purpose. And three, ultimately fulfill your purpose. I am your host, Coach Vic, and I'm joined as always by my lifelong friend, my brother, the educator, Dr. Shane Calhoun. What up, man? What up? Season two, we back, man. How you feeling? I'm good, brother. How are you? Man, I'm awesome, man. It's good to be back. Actually, my first time recording in the new house. This is the first time? Yeah. So you had, you had to pick the right spot then. Yeah, yeah. Just first time recording, so it's been that um, it's been that long. Well, we had a lot. We had a lot happen between yeah. end of season one to season two. Now, whole bunch, brother. Feels like a lifetime has happened in between. Yep. But you know what? We're gonna get caught up. We're gonna be just fine, and then we're gonna keep rocking and rolling. Yeah, man. So well, you know, side of the planet. You know what? Honestly, it's it's same old, same old. But we elevated, man. A lot of the stuff that you know we were working on projects, like. I made a lot of progress in the stuff that we were doing. Like, and we'll get into that when we get in the footwork segment, but mm-hmm. like a lot of stuff just progressed, man. A lot of stuff progressed. How about y'all? Y'all all right? Yeah, same. Um, shoot, I was in marching band season. So we had our last game last night. Um, so now it's on the basketball and much of the same, just, you know, growing businesses and figuring it out. Yeah. Did you get the jab? Say what? Did you get the jab? What jab? Jab, the focaccia uh, vaccine. I did get it. I did get it. I took the I took the candy from the man in the van, man. (laughs) You know, but then, but now they rolling around talking about you gotta get a booster. He coming back around. Yeah, I'm not really feeling the booster, fam. So you conv- you convincing me to take the candy, and now we're not feeling the, his his second dose. You don't yeah, want no more candy. No, um, I I don't know. I don't know. I just I mean, I, truth be told, I probably will end up doing it. Now I know it's available in my area, but there's been not real big. There hasn't been real. There has not been really a lot of conversation to go get it. But um. I, I am kind of giving the, the third booster joint the side eye. Like, really? Is this what we're doing right now? Because, you know, um, so yeah. How do you feel about all these mandates that are beginning to roll out? So in the medical world, I understand it, right? Because we've lost a lot of people. We've lost a lot of uh, people on the front lines, medical professionals. Um, and sometimes, you know, you notice as a parent that sometimes you got to do what's best for the kid, even though the kid doesn't know that, right? Not to say that we are our kids in society and we need the government telling us what to do, but I do believe that we have certain rules and laws in place to govern us because 
people will do what they want to do and, they, and, and chaos will supersede order. Um, however, we're talking about mandates in the private se sector. We got businesses who are saying, if you're going to work here, you got to have a vaccine, which I understand is kind of like no, sho no shoes, no shirt, no service, right? Um, so people have choices. They might not like their choices, but if yeah. you don't want to get the vaccine, you don't want to get a booster and your company that you work for is mandating it, then you got a choice to make. You can either get it or go work somewhere else. And that sounds yeah. rough, but I'm a realist. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole, um, this is America. And like the whole freedom of speech thing blows my mind because yes, we are free to do and say as we please. However, we're not free from the consequences. Right. And I think a lot of people get caught up in the government is trying to do this, the government is trying to do that, they're mandating this stuff. But it's, it's, it's like you said, um, it's a business, it's a private business, it's a business that you don't run. You're running their dream. Mm -hmm. So if you don't like what they're doing, this is America. You have the opportunity, just like everybody else, to go start your own thing. And it could be vaccine free. You don't have to get any vaccine. It's your but business. It's your business. But the, that, uh, so it, it's not about um, control, which kind of leads me to what blew my mind. The other day, I was, uh, was starting a preseason for basketball. And you know, this whole social media generation where everything is a picture and everything is a photo op and everything is a post and da 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 da. And we were in, you know, the end of the team, end of the practice huddle. And I just told the guys, I said, listen, you know, we're, we're different for these two reasons. Y'all want to take the picture with the crown on and your jersey sitting in the throne on the lion rug, just looking tough with the dark background. And I'm the type, I, I want to go to the jungle and I want to kill the lion and I want to bring you the lion for the rug. And they looked at me. I looked at them. I said, oh, that blew my mind. I was like, oh, that was good. So I just wanted to share that <laughs> with everybody, which is kind of like this whole vaccine thing. You want to complain with Joe government, Joe Balls, Joe company, that y'all oppressing me by making me get this. Go kill your own line, man. You sitting on their rug. Mm -hmm. Get your own rug. Go, get, go, go kill your own. Not even get it. Go kill it. Yeah, which take a whole different mentality. A whole different mentality. Not even, yeah. not even go buy it. You can go buy it, but it's a different thing when I go spend the money to buy it. When, as opposed to, I go out there and I kill that and I bring it over my shoulder. Yeah, put on there. Whole different kind of mentality. It makes me think about. Um, I I made this statement looking at a post. Uh, P and G Procter and Gamble has a commercial mm -hmm. out where it says widen the lens widen the lens and they show the commercial starts out if you haven't seen it check this out widen the lens it shows different images of black people mm. it's a woman she's pregnant she's holding a baby she got a baby by her side and it looks like she's standing outside of a building waiting on something possibly the bus it shows another guy riding in a old school you know hoopty he looks like a thug he gets up to an address grabs a duffel bag out, walks up to the door, right? And he's opening it up, but you can't really see. 
right? Because it's cropped in in terms of the lens, right? So as they progress through this, they start to then widen the lens more so you can get more perspective. The woman standing on the side, pregnant with kids, is standing outside the grocery store and her husband comes up. She's not a single mom. Her husband mm -hmm. comes up to the curb to pick her up at the curb as opposed to her waiting uh -huh. on the bus. The guy who pulled up at the house out of the duffel bag pulled a birthday present for his niece or whomever. And now they're a whole family of people are celebrating a wow. birthday, right? And the statement that I made is perspective changes perspective. Yeah, yeah. Right? And I think that that's what the vaccine and operating through life is really about, is yeah. perspective. Yeah, yeah. If you guys, if you find yourself in the same place you was before the pandemic, you really have to evaluate yourself. Mm. Mm. If you find yourself complaining about the same part of my friends, the same shit, exactly in the same boat, thinking about doing the same shit. Now, there's a difference between thinking about and being behind or, or making no progress on the same shit and actually starting something and just not being where you want. At least you started. But if we done been through March 23rd was when it jumped off over here. So March 23rd, 2020, if you're in the same exact spot, thinking about the same exact stuff, you done missed it, man. Yeah. We, we're in a totally different world right now. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's, that's good. That's good. So let's I mean, do think about this podcast, bro. From where we were to where we are now? We were right then to where we are right now. Just, we, just the podcast. We're definitely not in the same space, right? We're definitely not. <laughs> we we are we are approaching that that three quarter mark on on episode recordings. Uh, I mean, we've gotten speaking engagements just based on the podcast uh, exactly. net, network opportunities, right? It's exactly growth. So we're definitely not in the same place. But you, matter of fact, today's conversation is about that, like looking at where you were versus where you are and how all of that happened. So let let's do this. Let's transition to that. I'm gonna I'm gonna share this with you. I, was, I get an email, a daily email from, um, it's a, a thought leader called The Daily Coach, right? Mm -hmm. And they send you articles, different information. And uh, one of the recent ones was pointing out Ed Orgeron, uh, head football coach at LSU, and how he's okay. about to, huh? I said, go Tigers. Right. About to lose, about to lose his job at the end of this you season, about right? To lose your job. <laughs> <laughs> so. The, the person who wrote the article, his name is Brody Miller, and he works for The Athletic. And in that, he's talking about how less than two years after hoisting up a national title trophy, he's about to lose his job. And he joins a group, a group of coaches across the whole spectrum from baseball to the NFL to college to uh, uh, NBA, you name it who have also lost their job within five years of hoisting up a trophy, right? And so the question is, why is that? Like, why is it that a championship today means nothing years or even months after the fact? And I was like, oh. I was well, I was going to say, why does it mean nothing is because if you can't score, you can't win. And that's what I shot you today. Can't score, can't win. So Let's start there. Five, within five years of hoisting up a trophy, how does a coach 
come to lose their job? It's because I, I think it's a symptom of the microwave society we live in. Mm. And everything is about what have you done for me lately? Mm-hmm. And being, you know, the number one thing that I've learned from being a varsity basketball coach, nobody truly watches the work and what you're doing. Even when you're making positive progress, you're always going to be a victim of somebody else's expectations. You're always going to be a victim of somebody else's expectations and the lens in which they see where you should be or how you should do it. And most of us see it through the lens of microwave and what have you done for me lately. Now, did you say you're going to be a victim of how somebody else sees you? Yeah, victim. That would suggest, though, that you, you have no say. You have no say in that. Like, almost like you have no power. You're a victim because they did it to you. No, you make the choice to be the victim. Mm. You have the choice to succumb to the pressure of their expectations, or you have the choice to say, F your expectations. This is where I'm live. This is what I'm doing. This is how I'm going. My success is not measured by where you feel I should be, the mm-hmm. perception of where, you should, where I should be, or nothing like that. It's, it's predicated between where I know that I should be and the progress I'm making. But a lot of us succumb to that pressure. Mm-hmm. What you're talking about isn't just applicable to sports, right? It's applicable to life. You think about entrepreneurs who, uh, or business owners who reach a certain level of success and then begins their downfall. Check, so, about, check out all, of the, all the filters on social media. Why do you think they're there? To beef up what reality, what reality is. Because we're, 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 there's a constant input of look like this, be like this, do this, do that, show this, show that. Ooh, so you're saying that there's not only filters in social media, but there's filters in life yeah. that says, here, put this on and it'll make your life look better. Yeah. And it'll do it right now. Yeah. And we mm-hmm. often become victims of that. We, we become victims to that because many of us live within that scope and that sphere. How do you fight it off? Oh, that, I mean, that's um, that's a, that's a whole big philosophical question. I can't answer that for everybody else because everybody... I'm not everybody. Okay. Um, me personally, um, it becomes about what I value and being true to who I am and what I know myself to be as a person. And I, I think the only way to combat the microwave generation or that pressure of being is to be true to self knowing who you are knowing why you do what you do and knowing who you do it for Mm -hmm. those three things are key but it's it's tough it's tough like right now the expectation for me and I'm, i'm relating it back to sports um is state championships if we don't compete get to the final four or there i would have quote unquote, been a failure when there's so many other factors and there's so many other milestones that can be accomplished before getting there. Um, that's just, it's just the reality of the society that we live in. Like we succumb to the pressures 
and the pressures yeah. are there. Yeah. Um, that article that I referenced at the beginning, it, it pulled out a quote from Malcolm Forbes. It said, mm -hmm. too many people, too many people overvalue what they are not yep. and undervalue what they are. Yep. Too many people yep. overvalue what they are not and overvalue, undervalue what they are. Mm -hmm. I'm currently reading the book of uh, the book of I'm currently reading the book, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F. And that's one of the, mm. that's one of the principles in the book where it's like if you constantly look in the mirror and you find yourself unattractive, you then will completely focus on that yeah. because or let's say you just have a mold and you just focus. I hate this mold you basically eventually will become obsessed with just that mold instead of focusing on the fact that I have beautiful eyes. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. you look for dirt, you're going to find dirt. You're going to find dirt. Right. You Whatever you look for, you will find it. Which, again, goes back to how we're influenced by these outside forces and what we see on social media and opinion. Of, like, we're, we're constantly bombarded by the opinions of others. Mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. like Ed Orgeron right now not only is it being written in that paper everybody's talking about it on ESPN college football one two three ABC like he's getting torn apart right right how do you not succumb to that pressure yeah you're right okay so keeping with that article they talked about what everybody's talking about like what led to this downfall they said football became secondary to him this is after the success. So after you reached the mountaintop, football became secondary. He lost his staff to other jobs, which often happens when a successful team reaches a certain level of success. They think that people who helped them get there can now help people who are not there, right? So it's, it's you know, they're tempting people away and they take those opportunities, great form. They said skill development deteriorated. Like it no longer prioritized because you reached a certain level. It almost suggests that you stopped working on yourself. You felt like you made it. They said that he got he got distracted from off the field distractions and the continuity of the program in essence suffered. It just slowly dissolved as a result of that. So it made me then think about the question. Do most do most people believe that limitations are self-inflicted? self-imposed are limitations self-inflicted or self-imposed or do they come from the evaluators pointing to the source of the problem limitations self could you can you elaborate on that yeah so think about it right you reach a certain level of success you were focused on the one thing your one thing whatever that is you achieve the goal right you won the championship in your respective field and then that thing became secondary it became second thought as they talk about with Coach O, lost his staff, your team, right? They develop skill, get better and go off, right? You get distracted by other things because more money, more problems, new stuff coming to your life. So it's easy to get distracted. And ultimately the continuity of all of that, the program, your relationships, all of that just dissolves over time. So is that self-inflicted, the downfall from the mountaintop? Or is it just, people pointing out, here's what you need to do. Here's why you haven't made it. Well, it, it goes back to kind of what I said earlier when I said what um, 
what keeps me kind of not paying attention to the noise is evaluating self. And in this case, with that piece of information, it's definitely self-inflicted hmm. because now he can't control the variables of his coach going elsewhere. You know, but imagine this, when we were talking about it earlier in the What Blew Your Mind, right? I said, I'm the one that wants to go to the lion. I mean, go to the jungle and kill the lion. I didn't say I wanted to kill one lion. Mm. I didn't want to kill one lion one time. Mm. So (laughs) again, there's levels to this. I'm a different beast if I go and I kill a lion one time a year. What kind of beast am I if I'm killing two lions a week? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you know, Ed lost his edge. He he forgot about he forgot about the steps to success. And and you get fat and you forget about it. And that's assuming that all of those things are true because that's what the critics are saying. That's assuming, but aren't is well, okay, self-reflection then. So it are the results matching what the critics are saying, or are the results the opposite? See, it kind of works hand in hand. You can't succumb to people's, to the critics, but at the same time, you still have to produce. So if something is not being produced or something's not being created or you have quote unquote fell off, there absolutely has to be a reason. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? I think it lies in the moments of our lives. We, we talk about that, right? Yeah. We did a whole keynote on how to manage the moments. The moment, yeah. Right? And those things pop up and there's something that can be extracted from those moments. So I think when you did the keynote, you had really good insight on this. I'm, I'm picturing the image on the slide of the road and a, uh, beyond the road is a dirt path, right? Yeah. And, and the things that you notice, you mind touching on that? Like how, how do you extract what's necessary in your moments of life? Um extracting you think about that it's just two ways to look at it you had that open road so when you look at it the path looks super clear right and and you 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 can ride for just what feels like endlessly there are no challenges there are no barriers but then you may come to a dirt road with a lot of bends a lot of bends in the road traffic lights stop signs caution slow down now the road is still open But the difference between the two, on one, there's obstacles. Yeah. And you have to understand that the obstacles are, are not stop signs or the obstacles aren't reason to pack up and go home. Yeah. You just have to navigate through those obstacles and just keep making progress. And that's the unfortunate spot about where Ed Ordron is, is like you're, you're facing these obstacles of losing coaches, um, getting fat, whatever, whatever, but are you still making forward progress? Is there, is there, is the team still competitive? Mm-hmm. Are they still moving towards the goal? And I think that's the part that defines the moment of where you are and how you're critiqued, if that makes sense. Yeah. You know, you're a coach, right? You, this is real relevant to you. You got players, yeah. you know, high yeah. school students that you're, you're trying to do this right now. How do you help them to continue to move forward every year, right? Well, it's funny you ask that, Coach Vic. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, 
my first year we went three and twenty-one. Second year we uh, three and twenty-one placed fourth in the conference. Nine and eighteen placed third in the conference. Eleven and eight went first in the conference. This year, um, what what is interesting about our schedule? Our first fifteen games. I think uh, 12 of the first 15 is against 5A schools and up. We're only a 1A. Mm. So part of my job this year is having to keep my guys focused on what the end goal is. Our first 15 games are uh, 5A and up, but our last 12, nothing but 1A. So the key is it's not about those bumpy roads as you go. It's about focusing on the end goal. And if the end goal is a state championship, no matter what happens in the first group, first 15 games, those are just stepping blocks, building blocks to get to where we need to be. So within those first 15, every step, every day, every moment, what we need to do is continue to get better. Mm-hmm. And if we focus on improvement, focusing on the goal and getting better every single minute, not every single day, every single minute, by the time we get to February and we're in that 1A tournament, it should be smooth sailing. So it's the same thing with your life and your business. Like most of us trying to be entrepreneurs, we're going to lose money in the beginning. Most businesses don't, most businesses don't start making money to year three, four, five, yep. even when you start making money. We're not talking about in the green. We're talking about now you're in the black and you're just not losing money. So in any and every situation, I think the key is to stay focused on progress and progression to where as you may be failing, you can always point back to, well, I'm, I'm progressing here. I'm getting better here. This is improving. The overall may not look like it's moving forward, but we're taking one step at a time, right? Yeah. Yeah. And you know what else I heard in that? As you talk about the first 12 out of 15 games, how the opponent is of a certain caliber. I think that that's something to be said is that the level, the expectation that the difficulty is going to increase as you continue to achieve milestones of success will help you to stay focused on the end goal and continue to work every day, every minute, every hour. Yeah. And, and, and to to some to some extent that might be Ed Andron's problem or Duran. He very much so the critics could very much be much so be expecting too much. And he he may deserve more time. But at the same time, he might have got full and stopped and stopped being that dog that got him there. Yeah. Stop doing the things that made him successful. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you for a personal response, not as personal, not too deep, but as you think about, we talked about moments and you think back to your life. I, I know you really well. A lot of our moments are shared. What's a moment that has happened in your life that has kind of meant the most to you? What's a moment up to this point that has happened in your life that, that meant the most to you? And, and I'm curious if you'll share why that moment was so important for you. Um, tons. I, I guess the one that I would lean towards is when I moved to Alabama in 2008, um, I had a really big job offer on the table. 
in our Orlando. And um, for some odd reason, I don't know why, it was on my mind to come and get my master's degree and, and take the step. I did not know anybody in Alabama. I didn't know one single person. Um, before moving to Auburn, I came out here maybe mm -hmm. twice. Before moving to Auburn, I came out here twice. One time was for a scholarship audition. The second time was to get an apartment. Both times I was in and out. And everybody was telling me, don't go, whatever, whatever. And when I drove down here, I drove down here with $67 in my pocket mm. and um, a car full of stuff. And all I had was an apartment, didn't have no furniture, didn't have nothing. And in that moment, what sticks out to me in that moment was, I think I've learned that I know what it feels like to be at the bottom with nothing but a dream and a goal. I know what it feels like to be at the bottom with nothing but a dream and a goal and what it takes to get to where it was. And I, I just never, ever thought that I would ever remain in that spot again or ever go back, which is possible I could. But that moment, you know, I could have caved, could have stayed in Orlando, could have said, this isn't worth it. Yeah. The day I got here, I got here, I unpacked my car at six o'clock, went to Papa John's, got a job. And I ain't looked back since. <laughs> Ain't looked back since. You know, been learning and growing ever since. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. I uh, I think I was one of those people who said yeah. Alabama. Yeah. Why Alabama? Like I re I do remember remember that moment. And, and as long as we've been friends, I think that that speaks to that speaks to perspective. You mm -hmm. were in your moment. I'm on the outside of your moment. And yet I'm trying to give you advice and critique about your moment. No, my moment, where I'm at, my future, my, what yeah. my plans are. And yeah. truth be told, I had no idea what I was doing. If you would have told me in 2008 that I would end up be living in Alabama for 14 years and I would have plant roots here, I would have called you a liar. My yeah. plan was two years and done. Two yeah. years, get the degree, get out of the way. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. Um, to answer that same question for myself, you know, like you, I had a lot of moments, but a moment that was probably most impactful for me is I had first started out in sales uh, and I had been doing it a while and um, I wasn't doing too hot, to be quite honest with you. Um, and I got to a point where I got on performance goals. Yeah. Now, mind you, you know me as the athlete. Like, I'm okay. never the one in trouble about my performance, producing results. Like, this was foreign to me. I've lost games, don't get me wrong, and I've lost at different points in my life, but this shouldn't be that hard. But yet, I'm having conversations about, hey, uh, you're not doing well, and if this continues, we're going to have to have a conversation. And I remember, at that point, my reaction was, oh, time to hit the job market. Time yeah. to start looking. So I updated my resume. I started interviewing. I went on two interviews. The first interview was a phone interview. And I remember the recruiter asked me about expectations in terms of effort. What was expected of me versus what they expect. And we talking inside sales. So this is cold calling. I said, I do 100 plus a day. She said, really? I'm like, yeah, is that low? She goes, no, we we really only expect about 50 a week. I say a week, that's it? 
And I remember in that moment, immediately thinking, y'all expectations too low. Like that's not gonna produce. Next interview, I go on, I get to the final round. In that final round, I remember I'm sitting down with the hiring manager and they're telling me about the job, they're telling me how they think I could fit into it and I would be good for it. But I remember saying to myself, I did not give my all with my current employee. Like I'm, I'm running. Like I could get another job, but I'm running. When I left that interview, they did offer me and I declined it. And I said, nope, I'm going back to my employee and I'm going to give everything I got. And if, if at the end of that, it don't work out, at least I know I could walk away saying I gave everything, right? Right, as opposed to giving up. And for me, that was, that was a very important moment. And I know what helped propel me to my career because I stayed with that job and I went on to be very successful there, right? But it was all because in that moment, I extracted what I needed. And I think for the both of us, that was the case. And I think for a lot of people, that's the case if they just pay attention. There's there's oftentimes a moment in our moments where we have clarity. Yeah. We have clarity and we can choose to go the right path. So I, I appreciate that transparency. Um, I, I wanted to throw one more thing at you that hit me from that article. Mm-hmm. In talking about success and kind of keeping with the theme of coaches, it said, uh, and I'll read it specifically, uh, the difference between short-lived triumph and sustained, su- and sustained greatness is often a love of repetition and internal fire to find an even higher mountain to climb. And that for every Bill Belichick, there are dozens of past head coaches who are now assistants. For every Nick Saban, there's hundreds whose greatest victory is now long in the rearview mirror, right? When I read that, immediately I go, what's the difference between short-lived triumph and sustained success. What's the difference between short-lived triumph and sustained success? Um, I'm writing it down. Yeah. And the difference between the two is being committed to the steps that work. Mm. Being committed to the things that brought you success the actions that you took that that got you to the dance, being committed to uh, success. So perfect example, (laughs) we have decided at my school that we wanted to start a flag football team. So in and of itself, that's great. More opportunity for kids. The problem is there are only 218 kids at my entire school, grades seven through 12. Wow. Okay. 50 of those kids are in the band. 90% of those kids are girls. A good chunk of those girls, not only are they in band, but they also play basketball. They also play softball. They also run track. So if you add a female flag football team, you are naturally pulling from the same population. Mm. Problem. My band is has become a very successful program, have a statewide reputation of just being tight. Eight years, I mean, excuse me, seven straight best in class competitions. I mean, so many accolades. The girl basketball team, they win 20 gold games a year. They went to the final eight 
something like 12 of the last 15 years, dominant program. Mm -hmm. So what you're doing by adding a flag football team, you're taking away from those programs, therefore taking away from the amount of time that they have to practice, the time they have to prep, and all the things that have brought them to the dance and made them successful. Yeah. So in Ed Orgeron's case, he can't, he can't help the fact that people want his coaching. But what about the other steps, the culture, the environment, the recruiting, the preparation prior to the game, the expectations of practice, the expectation of his coaches, the expectation of the people. Same thing in your business. What if you, for instance, we just talked about it off air. I hope you don't bring it up. You said um, you have no speaking engagements lined up for November and December. Mm -hmm. right? But let's say you sent out 50 emails, which got you speaking engagements for September and October. What if you didn't do the same for set for November and December? How do you expect to be successful? Exactly. Exactly. The same process. Things are going to change. So not only do you have to maintain the things that are successful, you also have to find ways to evolve and become better. Yeah. You describe a lot of what you describe is action oriented, but yeah. it also touches on the mentality and the mindset that has to come with that yeah and i think the first word you used was commitment commitment yeah commitment which is it is an action but really it's an internal connection internal thing, yeah. right internal connection to saying i'm going to do the steps i'm going to put in the work and i'm never going to stop doing that um an unquenchable thirst if you will to yeah. always improve yourself and get better. At the end of the day, we, we started this conversation out talking about if you can't score, you can't win. And I think a lot of the points that we talked about today was touching on how do you score so that you can win, both sports, life, personally, and professionally. Mm -hmm. So last segment, as always, we talk about footwork. If we are products of our product then we should have something to talk about what's going on in your world right now that you've been putting work in share with the people um been in a bit of a flux so it's, it's been not say that a lot going on i think the only thing i would say is check out um our new website 1440ts i've been working i think i'm up to about three partners of just designing and promoting t-shirts. Um, I'm working with the Hustle brand, um, working with the C3 collection and working with my buddy Nelson. He is a music licensing strategist. So I'm doing all of um, the merch for his, his uh, squad and um, that stuff. And then we have some other collections that should be jumping. So I guess check out 1440Ts, www. 1441440t's.com and uh, pick up a t-shirt. You said at the beginning, I don't have much going on, but I think that it's important to acknowledge that's okay for a lot of our people yeah. to feel like they got to have a whole yeah. lot. And what you just yeah. described was a whole lot. So yeah, it's funny yeah. what you consider to be a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a yeah, little, yeah, yeah. Right? Um, yeah, 100%. 100%. And I mean, like I told you, um, that's just piece of it. And it's just being committed to my process. Like I know there's like 55 other things that I want to do, 
But if it was just that, you know, where I say it's not a lot, I think in the last two days, I've produced over mm. 45 t-shirts mm. and had another 60 outsourced. Mm. So you're talking about 100 tees in two days. You know, that's enough, regardless of if I, want, if I am where I want to be. It's yeah. a process. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What you got going on? What's the footwork, my friend? Bro, so um, I have, I don't have gigs locked for November and December that are paid gigs. Instead, what I shifted and started doing was free gigs. I have uh, a couple of interviews that I'll be doing on people's show. And from that, my return that I ask is I would like the content. I am looking for certain promotional value from those gigs, meaning they are promoting it. I dove into their marketing strategy and what that looks like. And then on the back end, we are both now going to co-collaborate on other projects. And so part of the shift is in addition to getting a dollar, getting a check, how else can I give and receive value in the opportunities that I participate in? So no gigs that are paid for November and December. However, I'm still working and I still got gigs. I got a couple of interviews I got to prepare for as well as the work we're going to do afterwards. So be on the lookout because that content is going to show up in, I think, what will lead to a future profitable endeavor. You, yeah. just, said, you just gave him a big old cheat code. What's that? And I'm not going, I'm not going to elaborate on it. I'm just going to tell you what the thought is. Successful people don't always exchange currency. They don't always exchange currency, people. So take that as you want it. Love it. Love it. Well, dope, man. This is a good conversation like we always do. What a way to kick off season two, right? So for our audience out there, we always end the show with a quote. That's not going to change. You notice there's a couple of revamps uh, that we're doing. Obviously, season two is all about promoting video content so we can show up and you can connect with us. We want to do that. I want y'all to know how hard this video is going to be for me. If you notice, I just bit my nails and I sat back. So anything you see on camera, just understand it's just me. I'm sorry. I love it. But that's what makes us us, right? Somebody's yeah. got to be the responsible one and then there's shame. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's shame. With that being said, here's a quote. I saw this. Uh, T.I. Uh, said this quote, adversity builds character and character takes you places money can't. Hallelujah. Mm. Adversity builds character and character takes you places that money can't. Understand what you have in front of you. Understand what you want to accomplish in the work that you're going to have to do and understand that your character is going to determine how long you stay there, whether you're Coach Edge or Jerron or anybody else for that matter. With that being said, if you haven't already, like, subscribe, hit the alert button on YouTube, make sure you know when the newest episode is out, and most importantly, share it with somebody else, because if you found value, somebody else will. Help us to grow by rating the show. Go to Spotify, go to Apple, go to all of your listening platforms and make sure you rate us, and that's how we get at the top. Ultimately, we want to help people grow and live life on purpose. I'm Coach Vic, that's my boy Doc, we out.